The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Dive in with code WINGEEKS15 to save 15% off your first order at toink.com. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am group. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push... It can be exactly what you need. I'm suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Yeah, I got it right this guy this time, guys. Uh, it is the Intrepid Trio plus two this week. Um, the, plus, the first plus is Junior Agent Zoe is on with us. Um, Hi. With the Intrepid Trio, I forgot to say. It's Eric, Kylan, and myself, Mike. And guys, I got us a guest from the MCU. Woo! Woohoo! And our guest tonight is uh, Anjali. Uh, it's actually Anjali. Hi, Anjali, Anjali, I'm sorry. Right. I, I'm sitting here, even during pre-show, I'm like, okay, let me play Grace, uh, Grace who hooked us up. <laughs> you uh, did, sent me a, You got sent, it right, and you said you were going to get it wrong when you yeah. <laughs> once we started. Um, Anjali plays Auntie Ruby in Miss Marvel. Yes, I do. Hello, hello. Thank you guys for having me. And Thanks for coming on with us. Hey, thanks yeah. for coming on. And part of the reason yeah. why Zoe's on tonight is yes. she's a big fan of the Miss Marvel comic. Yeah. And has Zoe. become a fan of the show as as well and she's like oh. i'm not i don't have school i want to come on the show please 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 i like sat oh, there for like so five minutes like sat there for five minutes just saying please after please after please to let me come on i'm like just you made this her, one you made time for five whole you made her go for five whole minutes you couldn't just give her like 30 seconds and be like come on i wouldn't be five i wouldn't be a good minutes. i wouldn't be a good dad if i didn't stretch it out for five minutes i don't know all right <laughs> 
All right. Well, Zoe, I am thrilled to have you here too. Thank you. Thank you for watching the show. I think you, uh, the, the comics, I mean, what a wonderful character she is, isn't she? Yeah. In so many ways. What is it that you love about her? I'm interested to hear that. Honestly, the first time I truly, truly saw her as like a character was in the Marvel Rising series with oh, wow. Squirrel okay. Girl. Yeah. So, Squirrel Girl is so cool. So yeah. So like sort of when I heard that they were making like a series about her, I'm like, uh, I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. And then like my like my dad was pushing me to watch Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm like, wait, let me finish Miss Marvel. Let me finish Miss Marvel. It's like then I'll watch it. <laughs> well, and then- I, I feel I feel like you've raised her right. I feel like I'm yeah. a, I feel like I'm a big fan of your parenting skills here so far. I mean, well, again, you. we'll we'll let the we'll let the five minutes versus thirty seconds go. But only now. <laughs> well. You, you also forgot too, Zoe, that you actually have picked up a couple Miss Marvel uh, yeah. trade paperbacks, which is a collection of different story oh. arcs. Yeah. And now that we have Marvel Unlimited, I've you've been, been like downloading every Miss Marvel thing I can oh, find. Oh, I love you've been this. Reading the you Ms. are Marvel down stuff. the rabbit hole. I love this. <laughs> so, isn't it wonderful when we have a character of of any fandom of any what what I like to call modern day mythology? You know, it's so wonderful when we have those archetypes or those those unique characters that we really identify with. And I love that there are there are so many options in the MCU. And I'm so so happy that this new one that that we've been able to bring Ms. Marvel to the screen as well. So I am I am quite grateful for your uh, for your genius choice in comic book characters there, Zoe. Well, Thank b- you. Before we get into your character and, and mm-hmm. get into the show, were you a reader of the comics or did you know about the Miss Marvel comic before uh, this project came about? I am embarrassed to say that I did not. And uh, I was way behind on my Marvel everything. And I knew, I mean, I did not read the comics, I should say. I knew she existed, but I had not really uh, become familiar with the comics. And, you know, when I was, back in my day, when I was a kid, um, <laughs> back, in 19, back in 1905, when I was a kid, um, you know, we we little brown girls didn't have a, a, a superhero heroine or a superhero for that matter, that we could really connect not just to our heritage, but to our experience. The only, really the only, uh, uh, the only one that we had or the one that I had was Wonder Woman. I was obsessed with Wonder Woman, but the closest, I mean, the, the two things we had in common was she was female and she was a brunette. That was about it. And now here we are so many years later and we have so, such a wide variety of incredible characters to choose from for all of us to identify with, with, of different cultural backgrounds, different religions, different size, different shape, different gender, different, different sexual orientations, whatever it is, we all have we all have some character that we can identify with for more than just one reason. It's not just one part mm-hmm. of who we are, but it's the unique combination of things that make them them and make us us. And so um, I'm, I'm now that I have become more familiar, obviously, you know, since doing the show and been able to go back and, and become more familiar with the Ms. Marvel comics, I'm so grateful that there is such a complex witty brilliant sassy teenage superhero who is also you know she's she's like that us magazine thing they're just like us it's like superheroes they're just like us it's the same thing you know i feel like i feel like it's really lovely that we finally are are getting more and more opportunities to have heroes that are like us but you know as they like to say in the mcu enhanced beings mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit uh about your character Auntie Ruby. We know she's a part of the Illuminati. Illuminantes. 
<laughs> yes, I believe that that title may be the greatest gift the writers gave to me. I'm not gonna lie, um, uh, uh, and, and not to, not to me because of the character, like, but to me in my life because. I, like most South Asian uh, kids, and I think this goes across a lot of cultures, you know, aunties are a very, like, they're a tight group, they have their ways, and um, and what I love so much about Auntie Ruby, what I love so much about how the writers have written her, is that, once again, like every other character in this show, she is, she starts with us identifying her as somewhat of a stereotype, or or in, in behaviors that we see from your quote-unquote standard aunties, but she's so much more. She's she's sassy. She's 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 not. A, she's no filter. That's for sure. She has absolutely no filter. She'll call it as she sees it. She's fun with the kids. She she's you know. I just I love her so much. She reminds me of my aunties growing up because my aunties were super dope. And all the all the kids that I knew growing up uh, in the Indian community would always talk about oh aunties are so judgmental and they're so this and maybe in a in a wider context I experienced that. But like my aunties. Were were like Auntie Ruby. They were dope. And I love that I get to pay uh, respect to them by being like them uh-huh. as a member of the Illuminati, as a member of the know-it-all Illuminati. So the... <laughs> So the whole auntie and uncle, uh, in the case of Miss Marvel, comes from the the Indian culture. Uh, comes from the Pakistani culture. So Pakistani okay. in this in Miss Marvel specifically. But the thing is, and I think this is something that uh, perhaps a lot of folks uh, in the West may not realize, is that until partition, which we dealt with very specifically and and talk about a lot in the Miss Marvel series, until partition, it was one India. It was all India, right. India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, that the whole South Asian subcontinent, and because of, uh, as Nani says in one of the episodes, um, you know, because of an idea that came out of a, a, a British man's head as he was fleeing the country, there was a line that divided these two co- these two into two countries. What well, was actually divided into three because, again, Bangladesh. But India and Pakistan specifically, um, that's where that division came from. And that was the root of so much strife and so much conflict. And, and after partition, that region was never the same. And so while we are two different cultures now and we are two different uh, uh, countries, there is still definitely uh, so much similarity. And it's one of the reasons why I prefer to use South Asian to begin with when we're talking about our cultures rather than just Indian or Pakistani, because there are there is a lot that is very, very similar between us. And then, of course, there are intricacies. Right. Um, and there are things that that uh, there are things that Pakistanis uh, experience differently than we as Indians do. Okay. Yeah. Part of the reason why I ask is um, my brother worked with a band called Pepper, which is uh, the members are Hawaiian. And it was the same thing when we um, went to visit before a show during soundcheck. Uh, the guys introduced uh, themselves to Zoe, and they they were very insistent. You call us uncle. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I do think it's actually something that is across uh, a lot of cultures because I've had Asian friends who have similar uh, experiences, and even some of my black friends who mm-hmm. are from different who are exactly yeah, who are from different countries than than some from. Um, I remember some from Haiti was saying the same thing and uh, and someone from Trinidad was saying the same thing and you know it's definitely it might be somewhat different how we talk about them or just the tiniest difference between you know, there's aunties and aunties it's like the tiniest little bit of pronunciation but ultimately 
it's the same thing. Your respected mm-hmm. elders are your aunties and uncles. Right. And and isn't that wonderful too? Because then you have that familiarity with your elders as well. Yes. You know, I grew up thinking that my aunties were genuinely my aunt and uncle. I grew up thinking that they were they were my blood and it felt like they were my blood because they were so close and they were so warm and they were so connected to the family. And and there was this definite sense of a broader, of a bigger family than my immediate family because of that. Mm-hmm. So you're you're well known for doing a lot of voice acting work for different video games. When Miss mm-hmm. Marvel came about, mm-hmm. did they reach out to you or was this something that oh. you reached out to them to be a part of? My goodness, I wish Marvel picked up the phone and said, we've got to have you. Um, <laughs> would you. Please, Would you please, please, please be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Um, if only. I wish that that were the case. No, I auditioned just like everyone else and I was grateful to do it. And, uh, and you know, like most actors, you get the audition, you do the audition, and you hope you get the job. And I lucked out. I got the job. Did you know what very, you very were? Ex- Sorry. Did I know what I was auditioning for? Yes, I okay. did. However, I did not know, like they sent Dummy Sides, which is the, the script. Uh, they sent a script for a scene that did not exist. Um, you know, they had written specific new scenes for the audition. So, and I didn't necessarily know uh, exactly what Auntie Ruby, I didn't really know who Auntie Ruby was. I just knew she was, she was an auntie. And I was like, okay, so that's, I, that's what I know. That part I know. And then I kind of decided what she was. Uh, uh, and thankfully it was the same idea that Sana, the, the uh, one of the co-creators of the comic and one of our executive producers had the same kind of idea of, what, of who she was in the story. Um, and I was very, uh, going back on what you were saying um, about playing a lot of characters in video games like Overwatch, I was, I was tickled pink to learn literally from Twitter when she tweeted it that uh, that our the Bisha Kali, who's our our showrunner on the show. Uh, was an Overwatch fan and she had been playing Overwatch to unwind every night after heading home from the writer's room. So I had no idea that she had that connection. I had no idea that that, that connection was made because of the, or on the show. I was just thrilled to be there and that just made me tickled pink. It made it, it made it so clear to me how everything is everything. You know, video mm-hmm. games and TV and theater and dance and opera. Like, I, I've said this before about storytelling. Well, I mean, usually I say I'll, I'll do whatever they pay me to that's legal but i've also said that <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where they find me it matters that they find me i don't care what form of storytelling i'm doing i'm i want to do it in as many ways as possible to be able to touch people and to be able to be a part of people's lives as a as a creator and as a as an actor and a storyteller and so most of my career has been about looking for more and more ways to do that Mm-hmm. And uh, being excited that I have the opportunity to do that in more and more ways. Um, so this has just been one, you know, one of many blessings that that came along, and what a blessing it was. It, it's, it's very similar with us uh, with this show, uh, and we, uh, Kylan and I, do uh, actually Kylan, Zoe, and I each do a, another show as well. Uh, Eric has a show, another show, but it's on hiatus at the moment. But it, it's the whole storytelling. Um, yeah, yeah we, we're, we're three guys who, who have a love for Marvel and you know, this allows us to tell our stories or, or put our spin on whatever stories come out about Marvel. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. yeah, it's the same thing. You know, yeah, this, you is, our, this, this is our platform yeah. to, to, to story tell with. And I love that. And I love, you know, I, I, there are so many different platforms we have in the world for people to use, which is great mm-hmm. because everybody's got their own unique form of storytelling and different ways that they feel more comfortable or less comfortable. 
Um, mm-hmm. I'm just a glutton for punishment, so I just want to do it in every way I can. But I <laughs> love the fact I love the fact that there is the storytelling is so fundamental to the human experience. We have told our histories from generation to generation through stories, yes. whether it's through mythology, through its religion, through its folklore, whatever it is. And that's why I, I say this, like I said earlier, I love that our modern day mythology is fantasy fiction and science fiction and superheroes, because we really do, similar to the Greek gods and the Norse gods, um, who also happen to be a part of the MCU now, um, mm-hmm. you know, similar to, to all these polytheistic religions, when you have this pantheon of superheroes that are all of these different unique beings, you get to see that in yourself. Oh, this is the, this is the Thor in me. This is the Loki in me. Oh, okay, all right, well, I got a little bit of two sides in there. You can identify different parts of yourself through the heroes that you connect with, through the stories that you connect with and learn about yourself and it's i think it's a really fun it's a fun way to learn about the world or to see the world too oh, yeah. so, like sorry okay go ahead Aaron. Sorry. Nope. Go no ahead. go ahead no, go you ahead. start first i cannot take out from zoe zoe go. gets the right go just go <laughs> <laughs> i give you permission through the screen to go <laughs> okay okay so to pile on with uh, what Mike just said about uh, you doing like uh, animation, video games, uh, heck, you were even in Critical Role, which I absolutely think that's 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 amazing. Uh, do you have a preference as to what medium? I know you said you you do anything, but if if yeah. everything else being equal, uh, you know, Broadway film. I mean, if someone put a gun to my head, I would choose. But the reason I do it all is because I don't want to. Um, I don't have a preference overall. Um, from moment to moment, I may want to do one more than the other. But th- I mean, the reason I I keep doing all the different ones is because each each medium that I have worked in has its own virtues. You know, one of my favorite, probably, well, I wouldn't say my favorite, but like one of my favorite things about role-playing games is it's long-form improv. And usually when you are, as an actor who is working with scripted material or even slightly unscripted material, you still are not completely at liberty to create the character, you know, from your own mind and to make the character's decisions. And I feel like some of the most brilliant things I have ever seen done in a storytelling experience have happened when I've watched people do them on role-playing games because mm-hmm. you are sitting there making your, you know, these life or death decisions literally based on the roll of a die and mm-hmm. um, and what the dungeon master says and it's go. It's right there. It's right at the top of your head. And when you are playing with people who are as virtuosic as the folks on Critical Role or Dimension 20 or D&D Beyond, um, all these folks are so committed to the storytelling aspect of the game, mm. not to winning, yes. not to looking cool, to serving the story, which is what every medium should be about when you've mm-hmm. got people who are playing the game that way it's just wildly wild, uh, what's the word i'm looking for wildly rewarding it just feels mm-hmm. so it's it's so satisfying i don't know yes. if you saw um the recent uh short uh, the, the four episode exu uh, calamity that critical role did but i'm like hands down top five things that i've ever seen in my entire life forms of storytelling of all kinds that was up there because it's it's that it's that kind of i can't believe they did that and came up <laughs> with it in that moment 
So, so that's, you know, that's, that's that medium. And then every other medium has its own thing. Theater is amazing because you're in the room with people. You're there sharing this experience with them. And, and there is an unwritten contract, an unspoken contract between you and the audience saying, we're going to go on this journey together, even though you are full, fully aware that I am on a stage and not, you know, uh, uh, on a boat during the Odyssey, or I am not in the mountains of the Himalayas. I know, you know, that this is not happening, but you're going to go on this journey with me because we've bought into this in order to serve the story. You have that energy that you get to spend with each other and you get to share with each other. So yeah, everything, I mean, you name it. I'm just uh, I'm just in love with story and all of the different ways that, that it can serve people. Zoe, your turn. Oh, um, okay. I'm going to kind of go back to Miss Marvel because I had like this question that sort of just kept coming back to me. So okay. because you're a part of the Illuminantes, like yes. if they had like their own short series, what do you think we would learn like about the kit, like about the group? Like how much do you think we would Ooh. gain knowledge of from like the different perspective? Because all we know from um, Kamala's perspective is like they're the major gossip group of like the town and mm-hmm. like the different, mm-hmm. like the whole group. What a wonderful question. Well, let me ask you this. Are we going fully, because questions like this, I, I get really intrigued and I want to dive deep. Are we going for like hidden superpowers or are we going for this is this is how they are connected to the MCU? I mean, it can go either way, to be honest. Okay. Okay. So here's what I'm going to do. First of all, disclaimer, I do not speak for Marvel. This is not canon. I am making this up out of my own enjoyment <laughs> and imagination. And we're doing this because I am a fan of all of this, too. Um, I definitely think Auntie Ruby has kind of a little bit of a telepathy situation going on. Like she's, she's so quick to get the news out to everyone when there's a piece of gossip. She's got to have like some mental, her own little ethernet in her brain, her own little internet that's firing it out, pew, 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 firing it out to people. Um, cause, cause it's amazing. Like she can make, she can make stuff spread like wildfire. Um, so I would go with that for sure. I think. Uh, among the Illuminantes, there would definitely be those, uh, shall we say, that use their powers for good and those that maybe use their powers for less good. Auntie Ruby, clearly on the side of the kids in Ms. Marvel. Clearly the cool auntie. I mean, let's be honest. Um, and what else? I do think that they are the keepers of the secrets. And there is there is a, a vault of knowledge that only they know and only the worthy get to find it out. And clearly Kamala is worthy. So, you know, she's the <laughs> one that we get to share all of that with. So you're saying that like they're they're giving out so much, but they still have stuff that they like just keep within the group and they're like, don't oh, tell this yeah. person. Yeah. Like, again, I feel like it's almost like I've got a switchboard in my brain. Andy Ruby's got like a switchboard and she's deciding who gets what piece of information. She's the controller of the information. She's like the chief information officer of the Illuminantes Corporation. Um, you know, she's the one she's the one keeping it. In, again, this is me totally going off the rails um, and, and has nothing to do with anything that the writers have said. And um, and I also think that she has the superpower of being able to run in high heels because I do, and therefore she does. <laughs> so there we go. I am very comfortable running in high heels. You can see me do it all over the internet. I can rock climb in high heels. Honestly. So I think she's definitely. that. That's a talent compared to me because I had this first bar mitzvah that I had to go to. And I was wearing like the smallest dance shoes ever. And I'm like, I can't run in these. Like these are falling off my feet. How am I going to do this all night? Yeah, they are a trick. I mean, I've, I've been wearing them since I was probably your age. So which is probably not healthy. I, I think I have feet that are like, you know, shaped like a Barbie dolls now. They're permanently pointed. <laughs> Um, so, you know, 
Great power comes great responsibility. Danger, danger, that kind of thing. So I do not suggest it for anyone. Honestly, I'm not suggest it to any child. I'm a tennis shoe and boot kind of person. It's like you I know. I've, hey, I mean, I love a good boot. Why well, good tonic? You can combine the two. I got the high heel boots. Yeah, what? I have. Whoa! Holy, I just blew your world. What? <laughs> There goes my future. Auntie Ruby, I feel like Auntie Ruby has to send you a pair of high heel boots. I feel like that would be the good auntie thing. (laughs) Mike, you see what's coming, don't you? I do. Yeah, I would be able to put them on and then I would walk a step and I would be flat on my face in the ER getting stitches again. Oh, no, then that's a bad auntie thing to do. You shall not have them. (laughs) No, there's it means a training montage. My my best friend's already been like, my best friend's like, put them on. Here's two books. Walk. She makes me put them on my head and walk. I'm like, "Mm, there you go. Training montage. Manners. Who's your friend? My goodness. That feels like, I don't know that I could do that. I mean, I I mean, you know, possible, but uh, I I do love the idea of a montage though. Only if we can all be in the background going, montage. Cool sound in the background. Yes. Is that an option? It totally fits. Yeah, sure. That could be done. Now so I gotta go watch Team America. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. My work here my work here is done. I I do have a question. All right, so so you get so so you get this role, uh, and now I assume from the other people that we've spoken to who've been in your situation that you're held to a high degree of secrecy. How hard was it for you to maintain that secrecy, especially as news is coming out about the series and and that sort of thing? Um, I will say I am very practiced at uh, at keeping things under wraps thanks to the video game world. Um, but also my second job as a as a TV actor was on The Sopranos, and oh. when they made you when they they made me sign that NDA, I literally was like, I can't tell anyone the mafia is going to come after me. Like I can't do. <laughs> um, I, I mean, this is not just the NDA with HBO. This is the NDA with like Tony Soprano. Um, no, it was actually, <laughs> I, I, I love, because I don't think of it as a secret. I think of it as not spoiling it for people. Ah, and, um, okay. you know, I don't want, I get so angry when someone spoils something for me. Like I've unfriended relatives online because I was like, I can't look at your stuff anymore. I can't because you're going to ah. ruin it for me. <laughs> right. And I love surprises for, you know, the folks in my life. So I didn't even tell my husband until it came out in public that I was on the show. So he didn't know for a good mm, year and a third (gasps) since when I started filming that that was what I was filming. Much respect. That's like shield level. I mean, you're you're like you're like easily level seven at that point. But again, like I love the excitement. I love the sharing of it. told maybe other than my team i told maybe three people um one of whom was my brother but he's you know also like in internet security so i'm like he can keep state level secrets and i knew that that was going to be safe um that's not a problem uh and i told him see my manager knew and my agents knew who else knew my publicist who you've met beautiful grace and the gang um yeah that's about it I love how you went down the list as kind of like husband was not on it. Hail Hydra. Look, 
he is the most important person in my world, and I would take a bullet for him any day of the week, although I'd rather not because I like living with him than just dying for him. But um, way more fun to be with him when I'm alive. Sounds so dark now. Um, no, he's the most important person in my life, but part of that is I want him to be the most proud. I want him to be the most excited. I want him to have the best experience of something. And the pride on his face when he knew what it was and could tell people rather than here's a thing that you can't tell anyone about for the next year and a half. <laughs> you know, that's no, right. you can't, you don't want to foist that on anyone. Right. Okay. Hey guys, I wonder no. if, so I, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if Thursday knew. Hail Hydra. Just kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't, She's being sassy tonight. Don't. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, just just for for uh, backstory purposes, uh, we we have our own version of Friday, but she's not quite. Oh, Friday. she's Thursday. Got Greetings. I'm the tactical holographic utility resource system. Data assessment year round. You may call me Thursday. <laughs> But wouldn't that be Thursday or because it's year round? Well, we had to year, make it sound something right. <laughs> we really we, want we to hyphen, we, hyphenate, we hyphenated year round. Well, we, we could we could we could be Thursday. Like, you know, kind of like <laughs> leave it as a it little sounds Viking Thursday, at this I'm point. Thursday. That's exactly <laughs> a pirate. She's a pirate. Thursday's a pirate. <laughs> what is happening in this podcast? Are we as far off the rails as I think we are? You guys are so fun. We have more tangents than a high school geometry class. <laughs> that there you go, right it. there. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Love, love, we, love it. We we started off in Akron, meant to go to Cleveland, but we ended up in Sandusky. So it's all right. <laughs> well, at least you've got, you know, the Football Hall of Fame. you got all sorts of stuff all over hey, there. Don't, That's true. Don't forget the little jaunt over to New Berlin to get some cheese. Yes, don't forget that. <laughs> That's important. I was born in Cleveland, so I feel like the fact that you're paying homage to, to you know, Ohio is a, is a, I feel like you're doing that just for me. Thanks, guys. Well, because I'm actually, I'm in Akron, so. Oh, yeah, there you go. My dad was born in Ravana and grew up in Kent. There you go. So, wow, I've right. never been to Ohio. Sorry. <laughs> Me either. It's really okay. That's okay, kids. You know, not everybody can. They can't all be winners. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, terrible. In fairness, I'm only owning Ohio right now because I was there for like the first three years of my life and then we moved to California. So hey, we do say go Browns. Yeah. Oh, see, I can't do that. Dang, that's cold. Uh, we have a- I'm, a, I'm a Steelers fan. Uh, I'm a Steelers fan. So at least it's not the Ravens. We're good. It's not the Ravens. There's a whole WhatsApp no. in our family no. called the Cleveland Cousins, and it's all about the Browns, and it's all about, you know, it's all about sports. And I am not a person who, who watches sports ball games. It's not my thing. Um, <laughs> I watch them when everybody around me is watching them, and I enjoy them, and I understand right. them, but only when I'm, like, rooting for people with my people. So. Um, At least food's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> now, with Miss Marvel, um, tell us a little bit about your experience um, on set from episode to episode that you were on. Oh, wow. Um, uh, gosh, tell us a little about your experience. It's such a big question. Um, it was wildly fun. I mean, I, I don't even know where to be. Um, as we were talking about, you know, the, the whole my, my fondness for role playing games and kind of thinking on your feet. 
part of what was so much fun about coming to set every day is that indeed things are kept under wraps sometimes from the own you know your own cast uh, when you're working on a project like this and so uh sometimes i would come to set not knowing what we were doing today um just knowing i needed to show up and do my job and mm-hmm. so everything was very new and very fun and i knew i was going to be doing it with really cool people there were two people i knew before the show came out or before we started shooting i should say um i knew them before i did not know they were in the show until i saw them on set so that was super fun um, my friend Alicia uh, Reiner, who plays Agent Deaver, she and I have known each other since like 2005. No idea she was going to be in this. Um, and then uh, my friend Saga, who plays Amir, um, when I came to set, I think, uh, the first, was it the first? No, it was the, when we shot the second episode. That was the one with, with the Mindy, right? Yeah, when we were doing the, mm-hmm. one of the, the I wish I'm, it all, it's all, I'm, I'm having auntie brain, I can't remember anything. Um, but uh, uh, the, the when we shot that scene in the house where they're doing the Mindy, um, and then Sagar was like, hey, it's me. Let me take off my mask so you can see who I am. Um, and so it was that was really, really fun uh, to get to have, you know, folks that I knew and, and new folks on set. Everyone, cast, crew, creators, everyone was so personally invested in the story and in the success of this show. You know, not just in a, this is our job and we want it to go well, but in a sense of how important this was in one way or another uh, and how important it was to get it right for people and to do right mm-hmm. by people. You know, that was that was very clearly paramount. There were consultants on set to make sure that that was the case. Obviously, we had uh, writers that were Pakistani and we had Muslim writers and, and we all we had so many people who could be there and be references to the things that we were that we were dealing with. I mean, the kids. I keep calling them the kids, and they're like nineteen. They're not kids, but like um, the the young folks on the show were. You know, they are the ones reminding us old geezers how teenagers speak. Because uh, we think we can. Like, I think I think I'm super cool, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm not in high school anymore. Um, I might not know how this works. I need a Zoe. I need a you know. I need someone beside me who can be like, no, that's you think that's cool, but it's not. Honestly, I'm not that type of person because like I was pretty much raised old school. Like I don't know the new music i don't know anything i'd be like the worst person to ask for new but stuff but i gotta tell you honey i don't think that and this is again me going on a tangent and this is me straight up auntieing you in terms of my <laughs> my life experience but cool is different than like nothing that really matters in my life ever came from me trying to look cool it came from me being myself Mm-hmm. Nothing good ever, nothing good ever came in my life from trying to be anything other than the person I am. And I think, especially when we're younger, and I think Kamala very much goes through this, which is another reason why I love this character so much. And I love Iman Velani as her, because there is no other actress on the planet who is more right to play this role than she is. Mm-hmm. And so much of this story is about her owning who she is. You know, owning, we don't get, we don't get introduced to her through her history. We don't get introduced to her through her family's religion. We get introduced to her being a dork. We get introduced Mm -hmm. to her being awkward and being, being uh, uncomfortable and kind of working her way through problems and working her way through, is this me? Is this me? How can I be like finding, stepping into her personal power as she's Mm -hmm. stepping into her superpower? And Mm -hmm. if that isn't an analogy for life, I don't know what is, because it is, it is really when when I feel like it's really when we step into the uniqueness that is us, you know, love us or leave us, whether you love it or you hate it in yourself. It's when we step into it and own it that we suddenly start 
start to see the gifts that we have to offer the world. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, you know, so Zoe, going back to what you were saying, I'm like, yeah, I, I look, my husband's a rock musician. He's a super, he's a rock star. He plays bass and travels around the world. Ask me how good I am at music. I mean, I can play it, but I can't tell you who I should be listening to on Spotify right now. I got no clue. Mm-hmm. I can tell you about, you know, old school black and white silent films. I can tell you about that, but I can't tell you what's going on right now. I, got these, I can tell you about things that are, mean something to me. But all of the mm-hmm. things that mean something to me, because I love them so much, I can be good at them. And that right there, all of the things that, that I think when you have a passion for it, that's why being a geek is such a wonderful thing. Because geeking out just means you have a passion for something and you're learning more and more about it. That's all it means. Right. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Zoe was drawn to the Kamala character even in the comics uh, because you know we've been telling her just be yourself because like at school people will be like they'll be like you're such a nerd like you like Star Wars and Marvel I'm like it's not a nerd it's just liking something and I prefer the term geek not nerd Yes. No. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, when people tell me that to this day, I'm like, yeah, and <laughs> exactly. It's like, what's the issue with that? I'm like, like, so I'm good at math. Is that a problem? Is that a, is that a thing? I should should I be bad at it? Would I be would I be cooler if I was bad at it? And I couldn't, you know, balance my checkbook. Come on. Oh. Um, and being a geek and being a nerd and all of those things. I mean, I don't care what you call it. I call it. I think it's way cooler. I I get those proud dad moments when she comes home because dad. I had to put another boy in his place. Yes. Because <laughs> for for either Star Wars or Marvel. Because I was like in first grade and this I overheard this kid saying like girls can't like Star Wars. Why do you have a Star Wars backpack and like Star Wars like school sorry, supplies sorry, and wait, stuff? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, girls, girls. I'm sorry. First of all, I just heard a word in there that just made me like I have an allergic reaction to it. It's the word can't. Exactly. Um, I have a. It is. It is literally one of uh, one of those words where like I start to shake. I, I turn into the Incredible Hulk. I turn into a zombie. <laughs> it's not a good look on me. Because um, okay, so so girls, so so this this this. I was like, it was use literally a select word for him. It was in first grade, and he's like, girls can't like Star Wars. It's like, why do you have Star Wars? backpack and everything it's probably like a hand-me-down from your dad or something i'm like name and i literally asked him this question name five star wars characters that are not main characters and he's like okay stormtroopers darth vader luke skywalker i'm like those are main characters what are you talking about those are main characters i said non-main characters and then he goes over and he's like, okay, Yoda, Anakin Skywalker. I'm like, those are still main characters. Still main characters. It's like, yeah. what are non-main is, characters wait, to wait, the Star wait, Wars show? Like, gold. This is oh, your first grade? Yes. You are a genius beyond your I've years. been watching, my dad's been having me watch Star Wars since I was 12 hours old. That's all schooling from the teacher. Again, again, you know, good parenting. Strong work. Well, then I got even. I'm like, Princess Leia. Hey, girls can't like Star Wars. Princess Leia. It's like Princess Hello? Leia, Rey, Ahsoka Tano. Like, why are they all in there if girls can't like Star Wars? Exactly. Apparently, we're supposed to be in it, but not to like it. Okay. All right. Well, then, um, sure. I don't even then it got even better when. <laughs> Um, going into fifth grade. Yeah, I was in fifth grade. And- someone, someone challenged her on Marvel. And she goes, "Okay, if that's the case, then if I'm not allowed to like Marvel, then why was I able to interview Sharon Blinn for my own podcast?" And they're like, "Who's she?" They go, and she replied back, "That that was Soren in in Captain Marvel." Who's that? It's like- so I was like, and, now, I mean, dude, and I, now you're hitting. Pretend, you know, dude. At least pretend. Like, save some face. <laughs> like, save your dignity. And now you're <gasps> getting to. Ow! Ow! <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm calling this now. I have to apologize because I have no idea how loud I am in this uh, in these uh, AirPods. But that just straight up, if I had, uh, that would have been a spit take. If I had liquid in my mouth, that would have been this would all over my desk right now. That was save that clip. Save that clip, Mike. I, I we will. need to use that clip early and often. Dang. Oh man, that's just cool. Did, did, you, did you give him lotion for that burn? I'm just saying. <laughs> Literally, because I'm like, okay, you know the green people? You know the main green person? His wife! <gasps> Magic! They exist. It's like, who would have thought? I'm going to adopt your daughter. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> um, I just, I hope you don't mind. I'm going to learn from her. I, I have mentioned. I bow down to your superior knowledge, <laughs> Sensei Zoe. I, I, I have mentioned many times to people. We don't need to send our military into places. We just send Zoe because her sarcasm will wipe out forces. Man, that was, ooh. I've I've been told many. I've been told many, many times by both my parents, use your sarcasm for good, not evil. I'm like, it depends on the situation. With great power comes great responsibility. It is very true. Like it, (laughs) sarcasm, sarcasm can be used for the powers of good and should be used for the powers of good. Occasionally, should be yes, yes. That oh. Oh my word! That I, I think I think we have the youngest member of the Illuminantes here. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yes, darling, come to the dark side. <laughs> they have baklava. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got a will. We're welcoming people of all cultures into the Illuminantes. Come on, come on, come all. As long as you can burn, as long as you've got some sick burns for people, <laughs> uh, no problem. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. That, that was Anjali, not Auntie Ruby. Don't you dare cut that and say that was Anjali. No, no, that no. That, that was, as long as you got sick burns, but I, I tell you, man, we should save that clip. <laughs> the, the, the fun part with this, I can only imagine. Um, we, we were given the heads up ahead of time. And I'm, I'm sorry for saying this, Grace. Grace says she was going to be sitting in on the show to, uh-huh. to listen in. Which, cool. Absolutely having fun with. I'm hoping Grace's face hurts from all the laughing right now. You know, uh, I'm about to spend a very long time with Grace tomorrow, so I'm going to, I'll get the deep, I'll get the behind the scenes story. Um, but I got to, you know, Grace and the whole team over there are so dope that we're so much fun. And Grace has her fandoms as well. And she's freaking adorable. And yes, Grace, we're talking about you in the third person while you listen. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I am so incredibly fortunate in this business is all of the people that I have on my team, my, my agents, my manager, uh, my, my publicists, Grace, all these, you know, all, all Grace, Mike and Rachel, all those guys, everybody is on the cool, like everybody's just uh, the level of cool and the level of cool as in like we're just excited about what you're excited about that's the kind of people i want to be around that's awesome you know if it, it yeah. not it's not just uh, the the second biggest lesson i learned besides like oh yeah stop trying to be cool and just be yourself which sounds so simple but is really a difficult thing to do in life um the uh, the the thing i am the proudest of in my life is the people around me being willing to call me friends the people who are willing to work with me the people who are the people who I get to be around. And that goes for my incredible friends who are so talented and loving and hold the bar so high. And this incredible team that I have who instead of being like, oh, this is why you can't do it. Or like, great, what do you want? How do we do it? Those are the people you want in your life. Yes. Not just mm-hmm. in your career, 
but in your life, not the people who are yes. like, yeah, but you want the people who are like, yes, and, and, and we will help like, you get yeah. there. And, and the I get the who, sense that you guys do that for each other. Yes. And, yes. And those people who are not afraid to tell you that's a cool idea, but no, we're not doing it. Oh man. I've had to do I that mean, so many he, times. <laughs> <laughs> Cause we have like because we have like these big major projects, and though like I don't, it's not that they're not not smart, but they'll shoot out some dumb idea, like let's make a like let's make a model in Minecraft. I'm like, sorry, we're not doing that. Like every that's what everybody else is doing. Like I've been listening to their plans. Like everybody else is doing that. We can't do that. We have to do something. But then different. you could also be like, okay, sure. And to make it different, we're gonna dot 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 enter Zoe. But we like, en- like we ended up doing a skit. So we we like the whole thing was we had to make this thing that would like improve the world. Like we would have to pick a situation and like find make this thing to where we would improve it. And then we we had we had to demonstrate how we can literally do anything but so a PowerPoint. This is precise, but this is precisely what I'm talking about. This is a yes and. This is a your idea is not bad. Let's make it better. Exactly. This is ooh, you want yeah. to do this cool thing? Let's do this with it too. You know, that's how that's how movies and television shows are made. Someone has an idea and some other creators like, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. And this can happen. Oh, yeah. This can happen, too. It's it's uh, so much is created in the world from enthusiasm. If I were to say I have one superpower in the world, it's that my uh, my inexperience is is only, you know, is made up for by my enthusiasm because I just get so excited about things that I don't know what I don't know. And and I just am like, I don't understand why we can't do that. Like, why can't we can't? I don't understand why. why I just no, didn't. sometimes enthusiasm is what you need to get you through. And then you're like, I, what do you mean we weren't supposed to do that? We just did it. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, exactly. It happens. Exactly. You know? Exactly. That, exactly. That's one yeah. of the reasons why I love being in the entertainment industry myself as a mm-hmm. audio engineer and as a technician is if it could be done, there's a way it could be done. Mm-hmm. How many times do I have to fail before, well, not fail, not succeed before I get that success? Right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. How many times do I have right. to figure out what doesn't work before I get to see what does? Exactly. Because there's exactly. like this. That's, and that's, that's acting in a nutshell too. I mean, people are always like, how, gosh, you're an actor. You must, you must have such a hard time experiencing so much rejection. I'm like, no, I've heard no a lot of times but I haven't been rejected. I've just heard no. Because there's like Which this... Which just means not now. There's this like one Thomas Edison quote that one of my teachers like constantly says. It's like she she always says, you did not fail. Like she quotes Thomas Edison for this. She's like, you did not fail. You just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. And she's yep. constantly reminding us that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, exactly. Speaking of 10,000 ways. Right there. You had other questions because... When you came on the show, I said, you got to have at least three questions because even though we have our own podcast, you are are still kind of green on the question asking aspect. Well, like I can bring it, baby. Come on. To get started. So I'm so excited. I'm here for you. This is my lane. Let's go. This is me me teaching you (laughs) and and helping you improve (laughs) to be more. God, is that the notebook coming so out? Tablet. It's the iPad. Okay, so you had a so tablet. Had oh, the, okay. Okay, so we had the Illuminati's question about what the what the Illuminati's secret superpower backstory would be in this alternate universe where I am in charge of things, not in the real Marvel universe. <laughs> um, Do you, can, can you tell that I am really careful about what is canon and what is? I've been trained well by all yes. the projects that I'm on. <laughs> like half. Of can these, we just call them the Illuminati variants? It's like literally half of go. these we've already answered. 
Um, the Illuminati is in, in on Earth 813 or something. You know, we could do that or, or something completely different. Like there's, I have this one question that's, it's like literally nothing related. It's like literally okay. a you question. Um, What inspired you to be an actor in general, whether it was just like oh. to become things you don't, like, you know you aren't, but you still get to like do them. Or if you just wanted to do it for fun or if you just woke up one day and said, I want to be an actor. Let me see if I can get a gig and see if I'm good at it. Um, All yes and basically. Um, So here's the lovely thing about it. It has changed over the course of my life. As as all relationships do, they continue to evolve. And my relationship with acting has done that for the entire time that I have been an actor. When I first started acting, there was just, I couldn't really explain it. I was good at a lot of things as a kid. I, I was, a, you know, I was a good student, but there was just something about acting and about story, specifically storytelling, not just acting, but storytelling that really filled me with so much joy and filled me with this sense of, of purpose. And I couldn't really figure out why. And it was probably sometime, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago that I really figured out why it is that acting to me isn't just something that I love to do. It's something that I think it's important for me to do. And this, this is it. So I'm, I'm a particularly mm, emotionally open creature. And while some people will look at that and think that that is, uh, it is not necessarily a good thing. And that's a deficit or that's something that you have to contend with because you're sensitive. For me, it's meant that I can experience things more fully that other people maybe don't have the ease of getting to feel. And so when I, as an actor, use that for the powers of good, when I'm able to get on a stage and say to an audience member, okay, I got you. You don't have to do any of this. I will do the heavy lifting. I will go through this terribly tragic story. I will make you laugh until your eyes, you know, until you leak out your eyeball, eyeballs. I will, I will go through all of this for you and you will get to have the experience through me, your surrogate. But at the end of it, you're still you. You go back to your life. You just happen to be a little bit richer for it because you've had that experience. And when I realized that that was something I could do for people, that's when I realized that it was much more than I'm doing this for attention or I'm doing this because it's fun. Yes, all those things, but there is there is a, a, a there's a satisfaction I cannot possibly convey when I talk to someone who has either played a game that I'm in or seen a play or listened to a song that I've sung or whatever and tells me how it affected them and tells me how it made how it resonated with them. You talking about how important Ms. Marvel is to you and why you connected with her. You know, I don't get to play Ms. Marvel, but I know I get to be a part of telling that story. And so hearing that from you and hearing that from other people who say, I feel seen for whatever reason, whether they're teenagers, whether they're girls, whether they're Muslim, whether they're Pakistani, whether they're any, whatever it is, when people have that kind of a reaction to something I've done, I know that I've done something that's made a difference in someone's world. And that I, you know, I don't know any other thing that I, I don't know any other reason to do what I do, because if it wasn't making a difference in people's worlds, it would be a very self-serving profession. Um, so yeah, when I figured that out all of a sudden it was like oh gosh I don't have any time not to do this I've got to storytell I've got to be storytelling in all the ways I can as many hours of the day as I can because you can do so much good for so many people you know um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the long answer to your short question, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that smile. <laughs> I have like three other questions, but I'm gonna let Bring it. y'all go. I'm ready. I'm okay. ready for you. Okay. Um, what is a major quality you think that we will like get to see more on during the Miss Marvel series? Like with the like last 
three or four episodes that are left to come out, what do you like? What's um, a big person, like a major personality, like feature that your character has that we'll oh, get to I, see? I, I, this is one of those things where I am not going to be able to tell you because uh, spoilers. So uh, ah. we have the thing for that. See, no, 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 no. But you did see in in episode three at the wedding, you did see one of my favorite things about Auntie Ruby, which is mm-hmm. that she she can hang with the old crew. She can or the older crew, I should say. She can mm-hmm. hang with the young crew. She mm-hmm. she uh, she just wants to be a part of everything. So and she, I think that her ability to bridge the gap between generations and just have a good time. I mean, uh, my aunties like they knew how to party. They still know how to party. You know, <laughs> they still know how to party. And uh, and so I definitely I love that uh, about her. But um, but yeah, I I uh, I don't I want to tell you, but I uh, we can all talk when we can do a debrief after episode six, and then we'll talk more about it. I I do have a question. Question. Okay, I have an What answer. was it like to film the wedding slash attack scene? <laughs> Because that looked like that had to be crazy. It was crazy. So, I mean, obviously, you know, it was it was several it was many days in the making of shooting Uh, Mm -hmm. many, many days. I mean, just the the dance alone. We had to learn the dance and then you know practice the dance and then get everybody involved. Um, So so there was there were a ton of different things because the um, okay anyone who's listening who hasn't watched episode three, don't listen to this. You guys put in there the timestamp. We have the perfect thing for that. Play it, daddy. Oh, give me a second. Oh my gosh, spoiler alert. Oh my gosh. What is your spoiler alert? <laughs> I gotta hear it. Do mine, do mine. Oh, so spoiler alert. That's the wrong button. No, that's the one for this show. The right button. The oh. correct oh. button. Spoiler alert. Oh boy. Oh, that was adorable. That, that was adorable. me. When yeah, I was little. Excellent. Excellent. So, so yeah, so, um, so, uh, so obviously it was, you know, it's sort of in two halves that scene mm-hmm. in the, in the, what it was in many parts really, because there's the part in the kitchen and all these other places. But, um, but, uh, so, so when things get, uh, get a little heated, we, the party goers were not there. Um, and that is as vaguely as I can put it, uh, without giving away anything. But, um, you know, again, just to film a scene that is that celebrated. To film a scene that is that fun and that big <laughs> and that, you know, and, and I actually remember one of the days that we were, shoot, we were shooting was uh, Inauguration Day in uh in 2021 and wow, so like okay. when we were you know when we were like in between in between shots i was running over to my phone to try to like watch inauguration speeches so it was it, it, you know it was just this very surreal amazing amazingly fun experience uh to be able to do that now i i definitely feel like i feel for the kids who were doing all the the action stuff and believe me i lo- i love doing action i love doing stage combat i love all of that but man that was i, I know they were taking a they were taking a and keep on ticking, you know, all of them. Uh, so they, and they, they did a great job with those scenes. Um, How yeah, it was loads of fun. You know, I couldn't tell you specifically because I wasn't called for all that. So, so I was only called for the stuff that I was in. So I couldn't specifically tell you how long that took to shoot. I mean, I, you're talking about the action parts. No, no, no. I'm talking about the epic dance. Oh, the, epic, the dance, the dance, the dance extravaganza. Um, I think that we shot that in one day. Okay. Um, but I, I think we shot that in one day. But uh, you know, there was one day where we went to a studio and and learned it from the gals who choreographed it. Shout out to B Fun which is this duo of this dynamic duo of dancers who teach a class out here and who choreographed it. And they're just, they're doing such wonderful, they're doing such a wonderful thing as like cultural ambassadors for, 
uh, for South Asian Americans getting to experience this dance form uh, that's so joyous and so enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. So, in fact, last night, Yasmin, who plays Nakia, and I went to one of their classes where they were teaching that dance from the from the show. And we oh. had to watch everybody doing that dance. And it was like, oh, she makes you want to get up and dance. And I still can't get that song out of my head for like the last three weeks. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so the dance travaganza probably, it, it took like, I guess, all together, maybe three days because we did a rehearsal day. We did a learning day, mm-hmm. a rehearsal day, and then a uh, shooting day for that, I uh, think. Uh, you mentioned uh, over a year ago, so it's hard for me to remember. <laughs> You were mentioning that you um, were filming this while inauguration had gone on. Mm. How hard was it to film um, a major project like this during the pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. Mm. Um, you know, I, it obviously was the hardest on the folks organizing production um, because all of the regulations and all of the restrictions that we needed to follow in order to be able to be safe on set, were they were pretty extreme and everyone needed to test and everyone needed to mask up in between. And there were people in certain zones who were allowed to be next to the actors because the actors were the only ones who absolutely had to take their masks off at one point or another. And so there were a lot of, uh, there were a lot of, um, uh, protocols that we had to follow because the screen actors guild and the producers had come together and decided this is what, this is the way we're going to do things. So, um, it was challenging. Uh, it was challenging, but you just did what you had to do. And because, you know, you wanted everybody to be safe and you wanted everybody to be comfortable and you still wanted to be able to do the job and make the story and make it, make it all happen. So we just were all very careful. And, uh, uh, for that first round of, shoots because that was you know end of 2020 beginning of 2021 before we had vaccinations i was like in my hotel and on set and nowhere else that was me not, that, that was my choice because i was like i i don't i don't want to risk it i don't want to be the guy who comes to set and ruins someone's yeah. experience yeah. um mm-hmm. forget about my own personal health i was more like yeah, i'm not shutting down production mm-hmm. yeah so it was a challenge it was definitely a challenge and, yeah. I, and i and i you know i don't know what the bottom line was in terms of expense but i yeah i know it was and continues to be a big challenge for production uh, all over the globe. I, I will say, like, like I, I, I've watched shows that were obviously filmed during the pandemic, and you could tell that the shooting, you could tell by the way the shows were shot or the way the action takes place, that it was obviously different. I, I would say that, and I probably, sh- I know, I feel like I should know this, but. <clears throat> The way the way that uh, Ms. Marvel has been presented and the way it's been shown, it it it, it seems like it is a post uh, post. Everything seems normal. So mm-hmm. yeah, like I I really when you mentioned you saying that you know the the dance number was taking place r- roughly right about the time of the of the mm-hmm. uh, inauguration, all of a sudden it just hit me. I'm like, yeah, right. Wow. Wow. I mean, again, we talk about, you know, keeping this a secret from my family. I, I would have to fly to Atlanta and, and do the shoot. And then I would fly home. And then because we did not know as much about COVID back then, and we didn't have vaccines. I would tell mm-hmm. my husband, okay, you got to go stay with mom for a week. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know what I brought home. And I'm right. sorry, I've, I've been gone for this chunk of time. We got to do one more week because I got to make sure that you're safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that went on, you know, for months when I would go right. back and forth. And that's just, that's just, 
it was part of the it's part of the job right you know it right. was very much part of the job but i but i i also appreciate that there are a lot of shows and a lot of projects that actually um uh, you know, kind of folded the pandemic into their stories. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't think it suited this one. And no. uh, I think it would have been very distracting if, if, if we had done that, you know, that I think it's, I think post or pre pandemic, regardless, I think this, the, this story needs to exist slightly outside of that. Yes. Um, and, uh, and we, like I said, we were, we were able to do that. Marvel was very, very Marvel and Disney were very, very careful. We were testing all the time, wearing masks, keeping, you know, I, I didn't see anyone who wasn't someone that I was working with that entire time while I was in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now going back, we, we had talked about this, um, the, the three of us, uh, before or when we, when I told the guys that you were coming on the show, um, and we, we had done some research. And okay. this is not your first time with a Marvel property, even that though this is, is your this is your debut in the MCU at the moment. Yes. Um, you were on Runaways. I was indeed. What can you tell us a little bit about Runaways, since you know that's also a, well, a Marvel property? Yeah, no, it was super fun, and and uh, uh, you know, obviously slightly different than this experience and different mm-hmm. network and everything like that. So. So uh, it was great. I got to, uh, you know, there are some people that I had met working on other shows. Um, I did most of my scenes with Britt Ishibashi, who's just a wonderful, wonderful actress and, and person. And so that was really, really fun. Um, it was, it was, look, every time you come onto a set, particularly when you, you come into a set that's sort of like an existing family, and that one was very much like that, your goal, at least for me, my goal is to just make sure I'm making their job as easy as, it, as possible because they're the ones whose story I have to support. So uh, in that sense, it was it was really, really easy uh, and enjoyable and fun because it was a really fun story. Uh, and it was a really fun uh, part of their journey on Runaways that where I came in. Um, so yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Um, sadly, uh, spoiler alert, uh, my character did not uh, last much longer than uh, a couple of episodes. She, she went untimely right. demise. Um, well, we don't really know what happened to her because whatever happened to her happened off screen i still maintain she's she's somewhere um maybe again maybe she's in another alternate universe uh but uh but it was really really fun it was really fun. i i i i probably sound like a broken record but i i tend i tend to have fun more than not doing this it's a rather fun job in general well we would hope so um well yeah one would hope but some people you know some people it, it is a job it is something that you do there are parts of it that are not necessarily always fun um but i uh as I as I often say, and I take my fun very seriously. And if I'm going to do this, if this is the job I'm going to do, if this is what I'm going to spend most of my life doing, I better be having fun doing it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, I I feel that. <laughs> no lies detected. Before, no, none. Not at all. Before we get to <laughs> that great segment that we've been doing recently in uh, in shows. Oh my gosh! I see the faces. <laughs> For those of you listening, you don't see these faces, but I'm going to report to you what I am seeing on uh, on this webcam here is I'm seeing one person smiling gleefully as he tells me about this section that's coming up and two people cringing deeply uh, uh, and holding their faces over their, I mean, their hands over their faces, uh, screaming an internal, no, that's what, that's what I'm seeing right here. Okay, bring it. I want, to, I want to ask you guys, you guys have any final questions for, and Julie? I do. Bring it. Um, 
going back to Critical Role there for just a minute, mm -hmm. uh, you, you mentioned how you love the storytelling and role-playing games. Do you play them? And if you do, oh, yeah. so, uh, do you have any favorite systems? Are you strictly D&D? Are there some well, others? Uh, I am hard-pressed to pick a favorite because, I mean, D&D is obviously the one that I have the most experience in. I started playing D&D when I was eight, so uh, uh, that's that's been around for a hot minute. Although, back back in my day, there she comes again. You know, uh, when, when we played D&D, you had four classes, and now they're like 942 of them there's so many um but uh gosh do i have a favorite game system it's usually whatever one i'm playing right now um i came back to role-playing games because there was sort of like a dark days when i just wasn't gaming that much in the middle of my life there and then uh when i came back to role-playing games it was with a show called we're alive frontier and a gameplay system called outbreak undead and it was unlike D and D, although D and D does have this, but there's there are a lot of ways around it before your character dies. Uh, in in Outbreak Undead, it's very much like a, a, a sort of like a real life thing. In that, uh, you know, if your character's wounded or bitten by a zombie, you're done. You're gone. Um, uh, so you were basically, I was. You're playing to stay on the show. So there were high stakes. There were high stakes. You're trying to protect your friends to stay on the show. And I love that kind of intensity. It was like the most stressful four days of my life because we played for. <laughs> We did eight-hour sessions, four days in a row, trying not oh to gosh. die in the zombie apocalypse, and and uh, it was just it was an immersion that was wonderful. So I love that. I don't think I can sustain that. So uh, <laughs> I do love D and D for the fantasy fiction aspect of it, you know, and uh, and uh, I I I just love the aspirational quality of role playing mm -hmm. games too. You know, getting to be a character that you want to be in the world, um, getting to explore uh, different aspects of yourself, but back to your back to your specific question um yeah no i don't i don't i don't yet have a favorite it's just that D, &D is my first language and so i love that but also D, &D is so complex and i think for people who are newbies to it i think they see the complexity as a barrier to entry and if i were to tell people who were looking at possibly playing D, &D one thing is that all you have to be able to do is commit to a story commit mm -hmm. to telling a story with your friends right the game mechanics right. in any game the game mechanics it's an open book test no one's gonna like no one's gonna grade you on how well you read the player's handbook or like what's on page 37 of the dungeon master's guide no one's gonna do that so just come and play with your friends and and enjoy mm -hmm. your friend's genius and and share your own um mm -hmm. that's what i love about it so yeah that's my that's my two cents that's my two dollars Final, final <laughs> question um, I man <laughs> uh, you know what I, I have like four or five and I'm trying to pick one to go with um you know what okay I got one um if you had an opportunity um if you had an opportunity to say give input to a Marvel writer for, let's say, a comic series involving the Illuminantes. Mm -hmm. uh, do you jump at the chance for that, or or do you try to opt for another form of storytelling? Oh, you mean like, would I prefer it if, if, if we were to choose another medium to tell the story of the Illuminantes in? Would it be a comic book, or would it be a movie? Or would I mean, look, I, I as far in a purely selfish way, I want, would want it to be either a TV show or 
for a movie because then I could be in it. Um, that would be that would be my very selfish uh, input on that. But I th- I mm-hmm. think I'm excited about the storytelling in any aspect. Like we've been saying before, you know, any any way the writers want to do it, any way they feel inspired to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I would just hope to get to be a part of it to to, to put some input in there because um, they've done such a great job of creating these characters. Well, and, and since Marvel does it so well in Sirius XM, and the cast is already there, just bring the bring the Illuminantes and have them I voice agree. their characters. On a Marvel Presents Illuminantes Sirius XM podcast, I think where you where guys it, should pitch that, and it's. I think you should. I think you want to. I think you might want to run that up the flagpole. You know, sort That's of like so what bad. they've done with Squirrel Girl and Black Widow mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Wolverine, and you know, the, the actual <laughs> scripted story. Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we we. I think Illuminati would be great. I think like I, if I, you I, had I choice, print it. If you had choice between like Dear Abby or the Illuminati. I would definitely go with the Illuminantes. I'm just saying. Oh, good go. lord, dear Abby with the Illuminantes. Oh, that that that, that that's a that's <laughs> that, a temporal that, shift. That uh, <laughs> that comes very close to a to a project that I have been working on for many years that I will tell you about someday when it when it comes out. Oh my gosh, <laughs> we did it again, guys. Yes, we yes. did. Zoe, final question. I'm going to bring a little bit of Adventures in Geek into this question because it's a con- we ask every guest on our show about that. Okay. What was there like a specific person or like thing, well, no person that like inspired you or like intrigued you into the different like Marvel and Star Wars and like comic books and like the geeky stuff? Um, my brother, my big brother. My big brother is one of the greatest human beings that walks the planet. His name is Anish and his name means beyond desire and it couldn't be more apt. He, uh, he is the one who bought me my basic Dungeons and Dragons set when I was eight as a Christmas gift. Uh, uh, he watched Star Trek for the Wrath of Khan 54 times by high school. Um, he and he was also, for me, the coolest person and the sweetest person, the most down to earth and the smartest, like everything about him I loved. And I wanted to I wanted to be him with long hair. Um, and he, ever, so his enthusiasm for these things, I never thought of them as nerdy, geeky or whatever at the time was was a quote unquote derogatory thing. I thought of them as awesome because my brother did them and my brother was awesome. And so I didn't really have this sense that they weren't, you know, that anything might be uncool to someone else. I just thought it was cool because it was cool. And uh, he, to this day, he's a giant inspiration to me. And he's one of the many people, one of the main people who, um, who really taught me to follow my own path. He really encouraged me to follow my own path. Somewhere between like seventh, eighth grade, he sat me down and he said, okay, listen, there are a bunch of things that I'm good at that maybe you're not so interested in. And there are a bunch of things that you're good at that I will never be good at. Please, please, please follow your own path because the things that you love are the things that are going to make your life happy. So please follow that. And it was right about very soon after that, that I realized, Oh wait, you can be an actor for like a living. That's, that's an option for a career choice. Um, I don't have to, I mean, I can take calculus and be done with math. I don't have to like all of these, you know, new exciting things popped into my head because I finally saw the path for myself choosing the things that I loved and choosing my weapon of choice in the world to be acting. So yeah, my brother, hands down, super, 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 super cool human being. Awesome. And usually that's the question I ask on Adventures and Geek. So thank you. (laughs) Hey, turn around fair play. It's you're on this show and you ask it. So now that last segment that we always get to with our guests. Yes. Yes. Flip the tables. I give you literally. What are you doing now? I was going to say, I was going to say like, drop. And this, 
Zoe's never experienced this because we don't do this on AIG. And you never let me say a whole episode on any other show, so. Oh, oh, she's throwing the shade. Okay, mm. all right, we're ready to go. So this, uh... <laughs> hey, this, this is my chance to say before I go any further, kiddo, save your dignity. <laughs> you stole that from me. That's my and, line. And, and there You're was, and there online, was, there was, man. There was there was almost the spit take that almost uh, that almost happened before. <laughs> hey, I shot him with a Nerf gun live on one of these things. I'm not afraid to do it again. So, isn't, isn't, isn't this audio only? Yes, but it, did, did, did nobody did nobody see it? Or was it was? Oh no! But they'll, they'll hear it. They heard the phone it. Phone right next it. to the gun. <laughs> so we're gonna flip the tables and give you a chance okay. to ask us a question. Yes. All right. So each of you, all four of you, I would like to hear what was your earliest quote unquote fandom and why that you can remember. Mine's easy because I'm not that old. So. <laughs> yeah, because you have hey, That's fair. That's fair. So let's start with you because yours is so easy. Star Wars. The rest Wars. of us have to go back and like the rest of us have to go back like centuries. So we'll take a minute. Okay, My, Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. Because so, and why was it? What what encouraged you to to come to Star Wars? Well, when I was 12 hours old. There was a Clone Wars episode that came out on my birthday and it premiered when I was like in the hospital. So my dad sat down and I was on his chest and we were watching that episode. And every year from since like five years ago, we started doing it. It's like every year on my birthday, we'll sit down and we'll watch that episode together because it... It's like season three, episode seven. Season two, episode seven. Season two. I always mix up. She was close. She was close. You guys are so adorable. I love that story. (laughs) I love it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Papa. For me, I mean, what ended up being the biggest fandom that has carried most has been Star Wars. But what was the earliest? The, er- the earliest. And I don't even. I don't even. It doesn't even have to be sci-fi or fantasy fiction. You could be like, you know, I don't know, Archie comics. I don't know, whatever it could have been. Whatever. Uh, it was. The earliest was superheroes because I remember mm-hmm. some of the some of the earliest toys I I played with was the old Mego superhero mm-hmm. nice. figures. <laughs> I mean, I I had the Justice League. I had um, most of the DC line. I had most of the Marvel line. As far as I knew, the two worlds were the same. So Batman and, you know, on, on the Bat Cycle or in the Batmobile, I would have Batman and Captain America going down the street. Totally. I didn't know that there were different, what, my childhood either. I'm like, what's the problem here? Why can't we all just get along? So, I mean, <laughs> I, that, that was my deal. And, you know, superhero cartoons on TV. Yeah. Washed them all. The Justice, back when the Justice League were the super friends. Yep. Yep. Oh, good. The, the Legion of Doom. With, with, El Dorado. With Wendy Marvin and Wonder Mutt. I mean, with the Wonder Twins. Wonder Come Twins on. and Gleek. Zan and Jaina and Gleek. Yep. Yep. On. CBS right. is Batman and with Batmite. Oh, yeah. That was the 1966 live action Batman. Yeah, that was with Adam yeah. West. It was, a min- it was a minute ago. You might not have seen that. That, that was before <laughs> I was born. That was before I was how born. You, but, how about you guys? Well, she, she's actually watched the 66 Batman because uh, IFC used to show it on Saturdays. Oh. So, oh, and because you're an awesome parent and you have Because like, I would wake up and I'd be like, Batman, turn on Batman. I didn't know how to work on the mm-hmm. TV. So I'm like, you turn on Batman. Me want Batman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gents, you're up. Okay. Uh, so I would, so always been superheroes, oddly enough, specifically Marvel, because my one of my earliest memories was buying a Submariner comic. It might have been Submariner number one from a 
rack uh, like a spit uh, uh, in uh, a town in Tennessee. I, I remember that specifically. <gasps> See, that had wow. been the very first comic I ever bought. See, I remember going up to my grandmother's in Kent and either getting off the shelf or off the spinner rack at a place called Dutch Pantry. Amazing. Which yeah, was like right down the street. I know. It was right down the street <laughs> from where she lived. I know. Already. And, and last but not least, bring it on home. All right. Um, I should say Star Trek, the original series, oh, because you. someone had to bring I, on Star Trek. Yeah, I, I was I was born during the original run. And so I think the uh, the episode that aired the week I was born was I think it was Turnabout Intruder. So there is there is I did grow up on the original series Star Trek. But I think the one that I remember the, the most when I was youngest was Saturday morning cartoons. Mm hmm. Was mm-hmm. like you know the super friends because yeah. you know in my head I can still hear. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, at the Hall of Justice, back at the Vision of Doom, and not just not just them, but also like Space Ghost, uh, the Herculoids. And, yes. Oh yes! Yeah, oh my God, Space Ghost and, and Johnny Sun Quest. Bar- yes, Johnny Quest. Herculoids. Yes. <laughs> Oh, you guys. And you know, the Hall of Justice. Well, you know, the building that the Hall of Justice was based on is in Cincinnati, which further goes on to prove that Ohio is the center of the universe. Just saying. (laughs) So sorry, I'm having weird sound issues all of a sudden, and everyone's sounding like they are robotic, and I don't know if that's my (laughs) Wi-Fi. Oh, there we go. Boom. Okay. There we are. (laughs) Scared me for a second. All right. Well, the truth is we're all Autobots, you know. Do I get to be Jazz? You get to be Jazz. I want to be Bumblebee. (laughs) You can be Bumblebee. (laughs) I just, I just, I just got to do it. It's like, Mighty Marvel Geek. Roll out. <laughs> well, well, one of my dear friends from Overwatch is the voice of Megatron and the voice of um, uh, Optimus Prime at Universal Studios. And I never, it never ceases to amaze me how delighted I get when he does those voices. I just get, oh, wow. I, I am so excited to get to work with the people that I work with and be friends with them because I take so much delight in their performances that I turn into a little kid. They're just such fun voices. Oh, oh. man. Well, I'm going to say thank you for joining us this week. It has been a blast. It has been oh, a great guys, honor to have you on. party. Thank you so much. Thank you so much with geeking out in all the best ways with me. And, and, um, and we can't wait to have you back on. Well, like I said, we'll have to do a debrief after the series is over. And we can, uh, yes. I can finally answer some of the questions that I can't answer right now. We could do that. The questions that Marvel <laughs> won't stop us about. <laughs> oh, there's always questions yes. Marvel will stop us. Well, oh, remember yeah. that one time where y'all had to take down your episode because Marvel's like, we do not approve. Oh, oh well, what again, episode? see, that's why I, oh, that was on I, Wookie Radio. I, oh. I, uh, I, that's why I always give you the disclaimer. I'm like, I am not a representative. These are my thoughts only. This no. is not canon. Nobody take this seriously. This is my brain at work. We, we, we had Marvel. I like di- my job. We had Marvel disapprove us for an interview request because the questions we were going to ask because we're, we're not a show that tries to have pre-prepared questions because we're a very conversational interview. But they wanted some pre-prepared questions. So we submitted questions and they're like, yeah, yeah no. no. <laughs> and we're like, but, well, I, mean, I guess that means we... Basic, I thought. I think we hit too close to home on some things. Oh, 
It's not our well. fault with that good. <laughs> so well, and also and and also you you just in terms of just so you guys know that sometimes it's a it's a matter of the comfort level of the actor or a matter of a comfort yep. level of the person that you're talking to. But they are protecting. Mm-hmm. They are not necessarily just being right. naysayers. They are very good about taking care of us as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's right. not just, they should. It, and, they should. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 are aware that we need to keep things under wraps and they want to make it easier on us to do so uh, because there is nothing worse than being stuck in a situation where you are being asked about something and you don't know how to not answer the question, you know, uh, and you want uh, Tom me, Holland. He doesn't, he just answers the question. It's not that he doesn't know how not to. He's just like, I'll just answer it and then be like, oops. See, <laughs> it, it, Spider-Man for Kamala Khan or Kamala Khan. It, it, and we, and we have never had an issue. If someone said like, like you did tonight. Yeah. I can't talk about that yet. Okay. Cool. Right. Yeah. No, you get it. You yeah, guys yeah. get it. I can yeah. tell you, I can yeah, tell you, but then absolutely. I'd have to kill you. I like you alive. So I'd rather not have to heal you. So, um, we like, <laughs> I think you'd enjoy the show much more if you were alive for it. That's why I yes. oh, yeah. that I don't answer these questions. That's when you hope Disney Plus is in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we want to thank Anjali for joining us this week. Um, check her out on Miss Marvel. And then afterwards, after you're caught up, go find out which two episodes she was in in Runaways and, and watch her two episodes of Runaways. Did you that find on Hulu? Series. I did. I, I, I remembered. I, in my head, I didn't see a body. So you're still alive out there too. So. Right? She's out there somewhere. <laughs> and then, don't know and where, when you're done with that, somewhere. when you're done with that, pull out your Xbox or PlayStation, put in Fallout 4, go to Nuka World. And oh. I just, I would just like to take this moment to yes. apologize Dude, for the many times I have killed, killed, killed your her. character. No, 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 no. no. People no. say this to me all the time. My character in Fallout 4 Nuka World, her name is Nisha, and she's a psychopath, and you have my permission to kill her. She's insane, <laughs> and she is bloodthirsty, and when people apologize to me for killing her, I'm like, please don't apologize. You have just ridded society of a, of a grand nuisance. Um, I hope okay, that you have I'm going to do it again, just so you know. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. And I won't I mean, feel I- bad about it. No, don't feel bad about it. You have my you have my blessing. I mean, I, you know, listen to her voice for a couple of lines just because it makes me happy that I did it. But uh, no, that's a that's a. I feel like in that game, you kind of you just kind of have to yep. take people out. Oh, and there's a lot of unsavory folks in that game. And on that note, all wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Oh, God. Is that a question for me? She forgot. I, I have to go dark. What? I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. One job, kiddo. (laughs) It's too late to save your dignity.